Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. On the outside, on the surface, things may look good in your marriage, uh, but underneath you're struggling. It may be because you have a sexual secret. And if you do, I'm so glad you tuned in. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley. And let me ask you, Greg, how often, and you see a lot of couples, but how often do you see couples who are struggling with sexuality in their marriage, with intimacy, and and yet they can't quite bring themselves, one or both of them, to admit that's the problem? Oh, so often. I'm, I mean, I think all of us are probably dealing with an issue around sexuality. I mean, this might be a pornography addiction. It could be... Maybe you've dealt with infidelity, um, a past sexual trauma. I mean, this is a very fallen world, and we've been exposed to a lot. Yeah, I think the fear for couples why it's really hard to talk about this or to bring this up is the fear is that if I share this, now you're seeing the real me. So now I'm being super vulnerable, yeah. and that's risky because now you've seen all my flaws and you've heard my poor choices, maybe embarrassing stories, past mistakes. And the question is, will you unconditionally love and accept me? That's scary. I hope that your spouse can answer that question, yes. And uh, I hope that uh, the conversation we have today will help you and encourage you in this. Uh, Jim Daly talked with Pastor Levi Lesko, and uh, I'll mention Levi's book at the end here. But no matter what you've experienced, what you hear right now will give you some hope. Levi, there's so much brokenness that comes in this area of sexuality for us as human beings. If you're 14, 15, 16 years old, or you're 50, 55, 70 years old, it can be painful. It can be harmful. Where do we get a bearing? I mean, we've been talking about it for two days now, but where can we go? I've heard you, Levi. I'm broken in this area. This has been the struggle of my lifetime. I don't know what to do. Everything, it's like a diet thing. It's not worked for me. Mm. You know, I've done it all. I've exercised, but I'm just not losing weight. I'm just not losing that appetite sexually. I still have it. I still have that desire to look at things I shouldn't look at. Maybe the affair I've had that nobody knows about. Whatever it might be, speak to the person who is still struggling. And they're crying out to you. What can I do? I want to honor God, but I'm not getting there. I think, first of all, we have to go to the cross. It's not going to come in our own power. The Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So when we go back to the cross and we let the gospel be lived out anew, we have that resurrection power that the Holy Spirit gives to us. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's God's people. So not only going to God for the power, but also going to God's people for the healing. The Bible says, if you confess your sins to God, you'll be forgiven, and to people, you'll be healed. Okay, now speak to us as those people. What do we need to do to I, equip I and to come alongside speaking people? Speaking to your pastor, speaking to your small group leader, getting an army of people around you who are making the right decisions that you are, life begets life and darkness begets darkness. So you can't outlive your friends. So getting the right relationships in your life, I would say a season maybe even of separation where you're not dating at all, where you can really just focus on God and have that kind of hard reset inside your soul. Take drastic action. If it's cable, if it's internet, be crazy. You know, sin wants to do something crazy to you. So do something crazy to your sin. 
Jesus said, chop your hand off, man, cut that eye out. I mean, I'm saying like, if you need to have a season where you have a dumb phone for a while, fine, have a dumb phone, you know, make, take drastic action because life is short. In just a moment, we're going to be standing before God in heaven, receiving rewards for the deeds done in the body. And I would say life is far too short to live in a way where we're hamstringed by sin. And Levi, with that pain point that you're talking about, that you went through as a teenager, addicted to pornography, and now it's your mission, it's your calling to help people out of that pit. Where's that point of pain? I'm sure it's different for every human being, where the pain is now greater uh, than the pleasure. Yep. Have you seen that in your counseling? Absolutely. And, and what can you say to that person? Maybe I'm still enjoying it. The pleasure is there. I know I shouldn't be. Where does that equilibrium come where I now am feeling like it's beyond good? It's, well, it's, it's not good for me, and I'm recognizing that. Well, I think when you take it to its uh, ultimate extreme, you have to look at what sin wants to do to you. Sin will thrill you so it can kill you. It will fascinate you so it can assassinate you. And the transition will always come while you're hypnotized. And so I think you want to make that shift far before you realize it's too late. Look at the Proverbs. He follows her like a sheep towards the slaughterhouse, not knowing till the arrow pierces his liver. You know, all of her guests end up in hell. I think when we realize this is what sin's agenda is, the devil does not have a plan to give you slightly worse of a life than God does. He wants to kill you and destroy you. Mm -hmm. He's playing for keeps. So if you're toying with sin, it's going to get its foot in the door so it can get in the door all the way. And so when you sow that thought, you reap the action, sow the action, reap the habit, sow the habit, reap the character, sow the character, reap a destiny. Mm -hmm. So I think you you don't don't play with fire. It will burn your house down. Instead, let the fire stay in the fireplace where God wanted it to be, and it will heat your life up. I love that. Mm. Uh, let's end with this one because it's, it's insightful and it's fun. But you mentioned in your book, Swipe Right, this idea of being the snake bird. Yeah. <laughs> My I boys are going to love this, yes. I'm telling you. you let's talk about being a snake I love bird. It. I love it. Matthew ten sixteen. Jesus said, Behold, I send you out as sheep uh, in the midst of wolves, so be as cunning as a serpent, but as harmless as a dove. So he said, basically, if you're going to try and be pure in a world full of the Internet, if you're going to try and date righteously in a world full of Tinder, uh, then you know what? You have to know there's wolves out there. And as college students, as young adults, you're in the midst of wolves. So you need to be a little bit like a snake and a little bit like a bird. And I think what that means is trust God, but don't be stupid. You know, yeah, yes, well pray, said. but also have a plan. Yeah. You know, so I talked to a guy and he's like, my girlfriend and I slept together again. I'm like, well, tell me about it. Well, we were praying. Where, where, where were you? Well, we were in her bedroom. I was like, hey, listen, there's two things that happen in a bed, sleeping and what you did. What do you think is going to happen? You know, this advice applies to all of life. I'm praying for a job. Did you apply? You know, I'm praying for a wife. Did you brush your teeth? I think we need to <laughs> have an approach that's theological, there's a theological and logical. Be a snake bird. I really like uh, Levi because he comes up with these things. A snake bird. Be a snake bird. Uh, It really is uh, important to use wisdom when we are facing temptation. And uh, there is a couple right now listening. They're crippled by a sexual past. Uh, Greg, I don't know who they are, but talk to them. I think first we, we cannot allow the shame to continue to have power over our life. You know, as we've made mistakes, as things have happened to us and that shame develops, it's like a self-induced prison. It's, it's like when we don't deal with that, it becomes so powerful and has such power over us 
that it cripples us. It impacts our relationships. It keeps our hearts shut down, maybe compartmentalized off. And, and we, we can't do that. John, I, to be really super honest and very vulnerable, I, I won't get into the, a lot of details, but I, I went through an experience probably as a five-year-old boy um, w- with a, a male babysitter. Mm. And, you know, over the years, I didn't think much of it, kind of pushed that aside and didn't dwell on it. And, and seriously, really didn't even deal with any of that until Aaron and I, my wife, we were talking one time, and this is like several years ago. And, so you've been married and for on, a while. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not on the young side. Yeah. And I, we were talking about something. I mentioned this, and she kind of went, wait, 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 say this again? I was like, casually, oh, da, 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 this happened. And she went, my goodness, I, I didn't know that you were abused. And I went, that was an abuse. And let, and for me, that began a journey of really, one, coming to terms with the shame that I felt around that, that I had blocked that out. I had mm-hmm. kind of reclassified that in my mind as not a big deal and it put me on a journey to really begin to to deal with that issue. And looking back, part of the issue was shame mm-hmm. and how it, it kept me from really dealing with that. And so that's you, you can experience shame from either maybe having made a poor choice or someone's poor choice, horrible choice against you. Yeah, leaves you a victim. Yeah, yeah. but either way, let, let's deal with this stuff. Let's not allow it to have that sort of power over us. And I think the first place that I had to go to was with God and just work some of this out with him and and cry out to him, experience his cleansing, his mm-hmm. purifying, his forgiveness. I mean, whatever. That that's the first place to turn to. And there was a part of it just forgiving myself. I mean, there were some beliefs that I had about me and what that meant and why did I not tell me, but just those kinds of things that, that it's important that, that I had to go see a counselor to deal with the, the messages, the lies that Satan had written on my own heart yeah. around that stuff. Mm-hmm. We have to, first of all, deal with these things as an individual, and then we can deal with that relationally or, or with our spouse, because there were definitely ways that that experience really impacted mm-hmm. my marriage. Yeah. And, and for Aaron, I'd be able to go back and visit maybe ways in which that impacted and, and, and to grow through that as a couple, so important. But we've, we've got to begin to deal with this stuff individually first with God, with a counselor, I think sets us up then to deal with this hmm. as a couple. You know, I'm, I'm thinking as you're, uh, as you're talking, Greg, about the woman at the well, the story in, I think it's John's Gospel, where she's just, you know, daily chores. She's going to get water from the well, and there's Jesus. And he calls her out a little bit, and not in shame, but just says, hey, tell me about you. And she discloses just a little bit as she learns about who he is then. He lifts that shame from yeah. her. He gives her freedom from not just the past, but the present that she is experiencing. And and she has life at that point. She goes back to the village and she shares there's freedom. That Jesus is over there. And and I think that that is a wonderful picture of what we can do as individuals and couples yeah. with that kind of shame you're talking about. Yeah. Even the stuff that we weren't aware of that's been affecting us. Yeah. You're the one that keeps saying, if you bury emotions, they're still alive. They're right. going to follow you. This one did. It did. I'm glad you were able to find some healing for that. And I love in that story that he deals with her first as an individual and then sends her home 
to work that out relationally. That's a great order. Well, um, we want to encourage you to take that uh, that shame, that past, to Jesus and to talk with him about that and to find his unconditional love. And um, then call us and talk to one of our caring Christian counselors here. Uh, certainly a great resource, whether you've got a, a shameful past or you're just um, dealing with the over-sexualization of the culture, is Levi's book, Swipe Right. And uh, when you can make a donation of any amount to Focus on the Family today— either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, we're going to send a copy of Levi's book to you as our way of saying thank you for joining the support team here. We're listener-supported, and your donation means a great deal to us. So uh, stop on over in the show notes, and you'll see the link for donating and to reach our counselors. Well, next time, Ann White joins us and shares her amazing journey of how God saved her marriage And uh, for Greg and the marriage team here at Focus, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.